Thank you for joining us for this broadcast from the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ in Haleyville, Alabama. We hope that you will subscribe and will share our broadcast with others. Now, we take you to the pulpit of the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ. All right, well, we're going to open up our Bibles tonight to Joshua chapter 14. Joshua chapter 14. As tonight and next Sunday night, we bring our study of the book of Joshua in this series of Be Bold to a Close. And we look at, uh, in the closure of these uh, last two lessons, we're going to look at really um, two of the most uh, important figures, I think, in the history of Israel during this particular moment and this particular part of their history. We'll look tonight at kind of the last uh, thing that we read about from Caleb, and then next week we'll look at Joshua as he says his farewells and goodbyes. But as you look at the first part of the book of Joshua, we spent a lot of time there. You see a lot of stories, a lot of moments about God leading His people and God helping His people uh, overcome different challenges, and, and you see wars and battles as they come into the promised land. And then in chapters 10 and 11, it kind of starts summarizing campaigns. By the time you get to chapter 12, there's a list of kings that uh, Israel had defeated. And then the second half of the book focuses on Joshua's division of the land. And we're not going to spend any time with with those particular passages, except the passage that kind of deals with some of that tonight in the in the life of Caleb. So let's go and pick up in chapter 14, starting in verse 6 of the book of Joshua. It says, Now the people of Judah approached Joshua at Gilgal, and Caleb said to him, You know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God at Kadesh Barnea, about you and me? I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land, and I brought him back a report according to my convictions. But my fellow Israelites who went up with me made their hearts, made the hearts of the people melt in fear. I, however, followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. So on that day, Moses swore to me, the land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever, because you have followed the Lord, my God, wholeheartedly. Now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive 45 years since the time he said this to Moses. While Israel moved about in the wilderness, so here I am today, 85 years old. I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I am just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Now give me this hill country that the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard that the Anakites were there and their cities were large and fortified, but the Lord helping me, I will drive them out, as he said. Then Joshua blessed Caleb and, uh, and his inheritance. So uh, Hebron has belonged to Caleb, son of Jephthah, the Kezanite ever since, because he followed the Lord, the God of Israel, wholeheartedly. Then the land had rest from war. What a great story. A story that maybe just on the surface, that maybe just on the surface seems like another story of a guy, uh, a leader wanting his inheritance. But you read some of the backstory. This is 
the end of Caleb's story. Caleb's story starts as the people of Israel are getting ready to enter into the promised land the first time. They've come out of captivity in Egypt. Now they're getting ready to go in and Moses sends in these 12 spies and 10 spies come out and they say, we went into the land to which you sent us and it does flow with milk and honey, they said. Here's its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful and their cities are fortified and very large. That comes from Numbers 13. That's what they said to the people. And it scared them to death. It scared them to death. But not all of them felt that way. Caleb got up and tried to reverse the the reaction that they had. And it says, Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, you should go up and take possession of the land for we can certainly do it. But because of the ten, the bad was already accomplished. So fast forward 45 years. Here is Caleb. Now he's 85 years old. He survived 40 years of wandering in the desert. He's fought along Joshua in the promised land for the last five years. And now he's ready to claim his personal promise from God. In verse 6 through 9, we find Caleb laying out the facts, reminding Joshua that he had been faithful through all of this when others had not. Then in verse 9, Caleb claims the promise that Moses had made him and his descendants because of his faithfulness. Now, having laid the groundwork, Caleb makes his request in verse 10, and I love it. Caleb first reports his age. He says, listen, I'm getting up in years. I'm 85. Some people think I'm pretty old. Caleb had proven his faithfulness, his servant through his entire life. And the first thing he lets known is his age. Now, it would be easy, and I think a lot of us would understand if he followed up, I'm 85 years old, with statements like, and man, I'm tired. I've gone through all of this work. I've done this wilderness thing. I've done this leading the army thing. It's time to maybe let some young guys take over. I'm the senior citizen now. Just let them go and take my land for me. Draw, run all those people out. Let me just set my feet in the pool for a little while and just let me tell stories to some people. And you kind of expect that from someone of Caleb's age and after he's gone through. But no, Caleb says, look, my life's not over. I'm not finished yet. He says, give me this hill country. Let me take my men. I've done all this for everybody else. Let me take my men, even at my age, he says, because I am just as strong as I've ever been. And I know that these places are fortified. I know that there's people here. They're the largest people, the biggest, the giants of the area. He says, but I will drive them out. Why? Because the Lord is helping me. I love this story. I love this story. The reason I love this story is because There are times in our life where, man, it's easy to check out, especially in church work. Maybe it's because you've been teaching the same class for 20 years and you've never had a break. Maybe it's because you feel like you're too old to really be effective anymore. Maybe it's a lot of different reasons. We we come up with reasons for Christian retirement all the time. But the story of Caleb here tells us that, that, listen, the work in the kingdom is never done regardless of how old you are or how long you've been doing something. You are still needed in the kingdom and God still expects you to serve. So what can we learn about this? So how can we drive that a little bit deeper home? Well, here's the first thing that I want you to think about. We're never done. We're never finished. Our job is not over. 
until God takes us home. Until God takes us home. I believe that as long as God gives us breath, there is something that He still wants from us. Maybe it's to know Him more. Maybe it's to dig deeper in the Word. Maybe it's to worship Him more. Maybe it's to continue to use the gifts that He's given us to serve in His kingdom. Caleb was 85, and at the age of 85, he took on the biggest army in the promised land. And this tells me that no matter how old you are, you can be 10, you can be 30, you can be 50, you can be 100, as long as you have life in you, God has something for you to do. God has something for you to do. Now, now I'm not going to tell you exactly what that is because I don't know what that is for everyone that God does. What I want to do is affirm that God isn't finished with you. God isn't finished with you until He takes you home. The next thing I want you to think about with me is God has been preparing you for today's task your whole life. God has been preparing you for today's task your whole life. In many ways, Caleb was the perfect person to lead the fight against the giants. He had the most experience. He had seen the most battles. He had spent 45 years waiting for this opportunity. And this reminds me that whatever we face today, God has been preparing us for this moment. And I take comfort in this. I draw strength from this realization that whatever hurdles I have to face, God's been preparing me. He's been equipping me to meet that moment head on. And the fact that He is in control, that He knows what He is doing, and that He will walk with me as I try to handle this situation gives me all the comfort in the world. But you know, it's always difficult in the midst of challenging situations to see how God has prepared us for that moment. And then later to see how that situation prepares us for the next. And that is why I like to talk about how God is in control, how He is the manager of the universe, and how I know that He is good. It gives me strength. It gives me hope and the ability to relax in God's promises. But then there's another thing that I want you to know, and that is you may have to wait 45 years to see God's promises. And even then, you might have to fight for it. Think about that. You might have to wait 45 years to see God's promises. And even then, you might have to fight for it. Caleb waited 45 years to experience the promise of God and to see that moment come true in his life. We know from the story that he never forgot the words that God said to him through Moses. And then when the time was right for him to step forward and claim those promises, after all the patience, he still had to work for it. He still had to put forth the effort to claim. It was still a challenge. And I don't know about you, but I often want to claim the promises of God like they're gifts from Santa Claus. Like things just show up in my life without any effort on my part. And Caleb models the exact opposite approach. The, to claim the promise of God, he had to go through an effort. He had to show that he wanted the promise. He had to go work for that promise. And it doesn't matter if you're 8 or 85. It didn't matter if it was the Anakites, if they were the biggest or strongest, the most intimidating people, if it was the easiest people. All that mattered to Caleb was that God had made this promise, so he grabbed his sword and he went off to defeat them so he could claim what was his. 
That is great faith. To act on the promise of God before ever seeing evidence of its fulfillment. To stand up and say, God has promised me this, so I'm going to live it. For example, God promises that those who seek Him will find Him. Matthew 7 and verse 7. He promises to teach us truth and that the truth will set us free. John 8 and verse 32. <coughs> Sometimes promises appear instantly and without any action on our part. But more often, I believe we have to act on faith in order to see the fulfillment of the promises of God in our life. Like Caleb, we have to march off into battle and claim God's victory. We might have to wait and we might have to fight, but it will always be worth it. Here's the last thing that I want you to think about. It's the end of the story. It's the end of the story. You might be wondering, how does the battle turn out? And we read that answer over in chapter 15. But here's the, the end of it is that he claims his promise. God was faithful. And after 45 years, and with soldiers who are younger than him and as an 85-year-old leader, the mighty giants were destroyed. So what can we learn from the end of this story? Here's the challenge to us, to the young, to the young. Be patient. Be patient. There will come a time that you are called upon to lead. It may not be right now, but be patient. God may be working on you to prepare you to lead in great and important times. Be patient on God's promises. The second is never underestimate what God can do through someone older than you. And, and I think we, we miss some of that in the church. I think that it's easy to get all excited about new fads and new ideas and new ways of doing things, new approaches, and we forget that there are those among us that have been through things that we're fighting already. They've been through the struggles. They, they've seen things and they've overcome things. And maybe the answer is not to look to something new, but look to someone old and gain wisdom from them and insight from their experience. And right along with that, we must respect those who are older, lean on their experience. They have fought a lot of battles and can save us from a lot of injuries and mistakes if only we aren't too proud to seek their input. But then to the older generation of our family. I want you to know this, that God is not finished with you until He calls you home. There is still lots of work to do here within our Ninth Avenue family for anybody and everybody, despite your age. Actively claim the promises of God. Know that God has promised you that if you're faithful unto death, He's going to give you a crown of life. And know that you can, you can claim that faithfulness even now. And then here's the last thing. And it's not as much a point as it is a question. Will you fight the toughest battles now? Will you fight the toughest battles now? And what are those, you may wonder? Well, they are battles that I believe are fought in prayer. So I ask you to pray, to pray for our teenagers, to pray for our children. I ask you to pray for our church leaders. I ask you to pray for the parents of all of our young people. I ask you to pray for our teachers. 
Most of all, I want you to pray for our community that the love of Jesus might break through those who are resistant to it, that we might be able to bring life and the knowledge of Christ to everyone in our community. And as I think about what the modern equivalent of the Anakites might be and how we might fight those giants today, I recognize that the battles are only going to be fought and won in prayer. And that is why I ask those of you who are seniors to pray. You've prayed longer, you've prayed more and more effectively than any of our generation ever has. So I just ask that you pray for us and with us as righteous men and women whose prayers are powerful and effective. Let's close with a word of prayer. God, I thank you for this message, for this lesson, God. This example of Caleb who who just leans in on you and doesn't give up, doesn't quit. I thank you for that example, God, because it is so easy to do. It is so easy to think that we've done enough regardless of our age sometimes. And I hope that we always have an attitude that Caleb had, that we can give more, that no matter where we are, there's something left for us to accomplish and for us to have a desire, a spirit to accomplish those things. God, I thank you for our church family. I pray that you bless us. Help us to grow. Help us to get up and be a church on the move. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. I thank you for being with us tonight. Thank you for uh, just the way that you engage with us on a weekly basis. If you need anything this week, please feel free to call. Let us know. Reach out. We'll be here for you. And if nothing else, we'll be here with you Wednesday night for another time of study from the book of 1 John. Thank you. Have a great rest of the week. May God bless you. If this program has been beneficial to you, please consider subscribing on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast provider. Also, we'd love for you to leave us a five-star review, which will greatly assist us in getting the message of God's love and salvation to others. We'd love even more for you to join us in person. We are located at 2309 9th Avenue in Haleyville, Alabama. Our Sunday worship services are at 1030 a.m. and 6 o'clock p.m. with Bible classes on Sunday mornings at 930 and Wednesday evenings at 630. You can also check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Be sure to join us again. And until then, remember, we are a Church of Christ caring for its community.